Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What needs to happen at WrestleMania? I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture to look ahead to the show of shows. And let's dive straight into it, Michael Hamlet. Is there any scenario in which Roman Reigns leaves with all the belts this weekend? Only a really bad one, or people who would enjoy watching WWE make an absolute mess of this tapping that they've set themselves up with. It's not an accident. It's not fallen into their lap. They've very credibly protected Cody Rhodes since he returned from injury at the Royal Rumble. They have protected the reign of Roman Reigns. They've persevered, I think, in the face of a lot of fan sentiment behind Sami Zayn um, in February, going back to sentiment for the likes of Drew McIntyre at Clash at the Castle last year. Um, And even, I would say, as far back as the prior summer when you had the big run against the likes of John Cena and Brock Lesnar when people were in denial that that rain wasn't falling apart. Ultimately, there have been multiple opportunities where you could have started again with the Universal Mm -hmm. title, and they have persevered and persevered. Maybe at various points, not knowing who the guy was going to be, but knowing when the guy was going to come around, and Cody Rhodes has. He's the perfect champion-elect for this company. He's shown that in all the different ways. He is currently presenting himself in WrestleMania season as the... um, master of every WWE dark art. He can play game show host as much as he can play credible work rate favorite as much as he can play AW guy that's come back and has made WWE look even bigger by design. There's not really any boxes he isn't ticking. And I know people are keen on a thousand days because mm. like no, big numbers are big, I suppose. <laughs> that's the only rationale I've seen. Uh, and obviously Roman Reigns has got a big stand community. They're going to completely lose it. But it would just be a... Bad decision on a generational scale, I think, mm. if Cody was to lose. Genuinely. It does need to happen. Cody Rhodes needs to walk out of there with WWE uh, gold. He needs to win the big one. They can split it as they wish after the fact, but they need to deliver the happy ending. That's what needs to happen. That is the title of this podcast and the center of the discussion. But to play dev- devil's advocate, sorry, just to weigh up reasons why he might not, why Triple H might not go that way. And to make it a bit more interesting of a discussion, is that he knows deep down that the Bloodline Saga has completely elevated WWE business. It was doing pretty well Mm. before Triple H took over in an underreported sort of detail. It was kind of clearing AEW under Vince McMahon um, by sort of early 2022, the days of... um, AEW Dynamite beating Raw head-to-head and the demo in the wake of All Out kind of disappeared. But this is the one thing that Triple H knows is elevating his company to this 
new old level, obviously it's not where it was numbers-wise in, say, 2018 even, but it's better and hotter in the business is sort of much more robust mm. and growing elsewhere. You're not going to get the TV ratings back, but in terms of the houses they're drawing and, like, the Peacock numbers, like, it's an incredible health WWE right now. With that in mind, knowing that it's the it's the golden goose that lays golden eggs, this bloodline saga, if he kills the golden goose, to use David Lynch's um, terminology about when he was... Rev- forced to reveal Laura Palmer's killer in Twin Peaks. If you kill that golden goose that lays the golden eggs, what is Triple H, if he looks inwardly and really thinks about it and is genuinely honest with himself, what has he got that's red hot, that's likely to even rival that? If the answer is, well, not much. Look at everyone I hired back with the exception of Strowman. <laughs> Look at my women's division. Like, realistically, it's not that great across the board. What if he decides, you know what, I think there's more juice in this fruit and I can have another year of critical acclaim and break big houses? I don't think that would necessarily happen. I think people would lose faith. And I don't think Cody's going to get as hot. But that is the temptation Triple H might be asking himself right now. Um, That's obviously the main event of night two. At time of recording, night one's main event isn't confirmed. General speculation appears to point to Charlotte versus Rhea for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Is that what you'd go for? Absolutely not. Like, I do think it's a more um, nuanced conversation as opposed to go with the hottest match, okay? I think that basically Evolution 2018 was almost the WrestleMania 17 of the women's division. Like, it peaked then and then in terms of importance, in terms of match quality, looking at um, Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. That last man standing match is incredible. Go back and watch it. Mm. And I think that the um, concepts of parity and representation are probably more important than ever, or at least as important as they've been since 2015. We know that AEW is sort of unforgivable with its one segment or like one women's match per show. WWE is a lot better in terms of representation. That is a calculable fact. But at the end of the day, it doesn't feel important. It feels like a lot of wasted time. It feels like there's no loving craft behind anything in the women's division. You can tell from the Bloodline Saga that they, at times, like enjoy putting this together. Mm. They put so much detail in it. They'll go back to the T-shirt stuff with the Bloodline, and they really cruelly ripped it off that T-shirt off Sammy's back, and it just felt so like nasty in a really effective heel way. And then they've then looked at that detail and thought, you know what? We can do the Kofi Mania, WrestleZania thing and prove that genuinely you can tell quite a heartwarming story through fabric. That is a Bloodline saga at its best. The detail that goes into it, there's none of that, absolutely none of it in the women's division. And genuinely, that division is just pretty awful right now. Even for optics, as sort of ugly as that is, they might want to put it on last, so they're looking like they're faking it. But I think if they can do nothing else, and Triple H with the women and the way he books them can do nothing else, <laughs> he can at least have the like the you know the courage to fake it a little bit to say that okay, you're not going to get the best storylines. I'm incompetent, but goddamn it, you can get the slot. It might in some way work against the women because it just isn't the hot match. But I just think that. It's regressed. The women's scene in the United States has badly regressed since 2018. And even these small gestures might go some way towards helping it out. Yeah, I can't. That's the thing. I can't disagree with the company rationale for doing it, um, even though subjectively 
it feels like an open and shut case, and that's for Sammy and Kevin versus yeah. the Usos. There is, from a, a meritocracy point of view, there is just as much uh, justification for putting the match on, the tag title match. If you ignore how hot that story is versus how bland the Rhea Charlotte build has been and the fact that the dynamics have been skewed by the fact that Rhea's pushes so much more in the veins of a traditional babyface mm-hmm. and Charlotte is just a natural heel and those aren't the characters they're playing on television. Um, you've got the fact that the tag team titles themselves have been, like in the last 10, 15 years, probably more buried than women's wrestling. Like there wasn't a all tag team wrestling pay-per-view. Vince McMahon has gone on record as not liking paying four people when he can just pay two, thus undermining the whole point of it as a genre of pro wrestling. So women's wrestling, for all that it has badly, badly suffered creatively over the last few years, I think Sidgwick's nailed that there. Like WrestleMania, uh, Evolution is the WrestleMania 17 mm-hmm. because you had little things after WrestleMania 17 that were flashes of the good old days, just like Becky Ronda and Charlotte getting the WrestleMania main event or Sasha and Bianca's WrestleMania 37. Just because these flashes occur, they suddenly become exceptions rather than the rule. Evolution 2018 was when it was still the rule, and I think that's what WWE are probably chasing by booking this, but they have just as big an opportunity here to establish that with tag team wrestling. Yeah, Tag team wrestling hasn't been a priority in WWE forever, really. Um, the Young Bucks were keen on uh, getting tag team wrestling or a tag team title match to the point where it could main event an AEW pay-per-view with them as EVPs. They were going to be able to push that agenda. And it's not particularly a race as such, but WWE being able to get there with an angle, not just to do it for the sake of it, but with an angle that justifies it, I think it presents itself its own opportunity. Um, if they're going to go with the women, I think like a lot of people will make the peace with it if the match is great. WWE are relying on that. And if nothing else, I, I personally want the tag team title match to go on last. And I think it will be the most fitting for the night. Mm. And I think it will generate the biggest reaction and all that sort of stuff. But they worked hard, despite her being a heel, to make Rhea Ripley at the Royal Rumble. She went the distance. No woman's done that in the Women's Royal Rumble before. Um, so this would continue that she comes out of WrestleMania as the... And she has been on Raw for the past six to eight months anyway, as the undisputed star of that division. Mm. She solidifies that with the win. They've got their beauty shot of her with the belt as the show closes, if nothing else. Re- yeah, regardless of what match main events night won, it feels like both of those matches have a... A bit like the Cody Roman match, have to have a very obvious winner. Rhea becomes SmackDown Women's Champion, and Kevin and Sammy win all the tag belts. Yeah, Charlotte Flair. I, I don't think this is there anymore, this anxiety around Charlotte Flair. But if you look at Asuka and maybe even Ronda Rousey last year, and there are others, Charlotte Flair has played spoiler before. And it's very much like I know there's a lot of debate around really who's in the chair in WWE. Is it Vince McMahon backing Gorilla every week? Is it Triple H trying to keep control away from him? Who knows? But that spoiler was very much a Vince McMahon antagonistic device against his fan base sometimes. And that's not helped Charlotte's career. That's happened to a lot of wrestlers, but especially Charlotte Flair. So I think it actively works against her if they book to type. You know, this is what it is. We're talking about like how much will WWE book to type here, and so many of their booking to type methods are doing things that just let the fans down and annoy them. And I'd, this is not on the same scale as Cody and Roman, but I think it is just incredibly wasteful of what they've got with Rhea Ripley if they make the call just for the sake of it. Yeah, I think that there will be some unhappy endings with the idea that Backlash thematically relies on mm-hmm. WrestleMania programs being prolonged. But if it was up to me... Edge versus Finn Balor, I'd have Balor go over because Edge has all but said he's retiring at the end of the year um, from WWE at least. And Balor, on the form he's in, could main event WWE pay-per-views. So that's the sort of unhappy ending to a babyface versus heel story anyway. Um, I would have Rain Dom 
I'd do a swerve and have Dom beat Ray. Yeah. There's loads more than that for me. I think the three big title matches, baby face, happy endings, like the big thing about WWE under Vince McMahon for much of the last 10 years was it just felt so antagonistic, so oppressive, he completely, this is probably his intention because he never wanted it to be a sport, but even under the guise of sports entertainment, it still has to have the same principle of yeah. a sport you can work. That is the magic of professional wrestling. That's why we love it. It is a sport you can manipulate to make the happy endings happen, right? That's the magic. And Vince McMahon forgot that <laughs> because he wanted to tell his audience to piss off for some weird, weird reason. I think the three big matches at WrestleMania have to remind this sort of really tentatively growing mm. and trusting fan base. Like, we will give you the happy ending. We will. We'll do it. They kind of have to with those three matches, I you, think. You made it like a sport, but the sport where your team always lose. And you get that enough in real sport, which is why you turn to wrestling <laughs> yeah, in the first exactly, place. Exactly. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, let's turn our attention now to the uh, Raw Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Um, a great video promo for uh, Asuka's no. title challenge on Raw. Yeah, for WrestleMania 33. <laughs> <laughs> um, has that convinced you that she ends Bianca's mania streak? Um, I think she ends Bianca's incredible WrestleMania streak of awesome matches. Just two for two yep. of just absolute classics. Ab like absolute epics on that modern WrestleMania stage. I worry about this one. If they have to rely on archive footage from six years ago of Asuka being awesome to sell a match, Asuka being awesome between 2015 and 2017 to sell an Asuka match in 2023, something has gone badly wrong, mm. and I hold Triple H responsible. Um, the Royal Rumble um, return to like the old look, the corner look was promising. People really bit on it, but they haven't done anything substantial to really do 
promotional steps to rehab that aura beyond a quite literal lick of paint. Um, I worry for how much people are going to care about this one, depending on where it goes on the card, which segues to Hamlet's idea of... Night 2 opener. They couldn't, ah. they couldn't get night one, and I do understand the merit and the logic of John Cena and Austin Theory, but night two opener. If you are doing Charlotte and Rhea on night one, which they've announced whether a main event or not, split the women's title matches up, so already they're not victims of comparison because they will fall, they will fall short there because if nothing else, Rhea is the rumble winner and the, the star. So they'll fall short by comparison if they happen on the same night. This happened to Ronda and Charlotte last year with Becky and Bianca. Yes. So split those up. Um, you get the night two crowd, which really probably will be a bit hotter anyway because they know which main event is coming. So they're going to be a bit more jazzed for the night. They've given the best possible chance. And we say this all the time. The stadium WrestleManias are just waiting to gobble up one supposed technical classic. It happens more than it doesn't. And this could be the one. I would say that every WrestleMania has something that grossly over-delivers and grossly under-delivers. Somehow this could be both. Expectations, despite yeah. it being Asker and Bianca Belair, are relatively low because the story's been useless. So if this absolutely pops and it's one of the talking points in the weekend, it's vastly over. In spite of Bianca's record, it's overachieved. Equally, in the wrong spot or with a tired crowd or with a match that ultimately services the non-story, it'll die mm. out there. Like very, like not hard to call a winner. I think Bianca wins but near impossible to call the quality until you're there and in the moment and whether it's just that magic wrestling vibe, it'll either have it or it won't. Uh, one match that promises to be a banger is Sheamus and Drew and Gunther for the IC title. They're going to kick the crap out of each other, aren't they? Yeah, I find this to be a very satisfying experience before the bells rung because they are going to batter each other. They're <laughs> going to absolutely batter each other. Uh, There's... The prospect, I suppose, of Gunther losing the Intercontinental title, but I don't think it's happening. I think a triple threat protects that, but in a good way, because there is another day for Gunther to lose this title in a big singles match, probably to Sheamus. Yeah. Because, like, almost on the sly in the context of this match, they've told this brilliant story that Sheamus, what we didn't know last summer is that he's desperate to win this title, not just to win it, but to complete his collection. And that story with him and Gunther is getting bigger on the virtue of their two, like, fantastic matches last summer. They've had those, and then he's had to get back in the queue, and he's made it back in WrestleMania, and oh no, his best friends in the way of all people. Drew McIntyre has gotten pretty cruel of late. He says, people have already seen you lose. Why are you getting the shot? So it feels like they're just hiding Drew's heel turn within this match. They're gonna, it's that old WWE cliche, but done well. One's gonna put the other off, but as long as you have a finish with conviction, I've pitched the idea, claim or bro kick at the same time, and Gunther spots an opportunity and just power bombs one on top of the other. <laughs> so Gunther feels like a big winner, having destroyed these monsters clean, but the monsters themselves get to fight then, and yet again, Sheamus has to work his way back up. Uh, like, I will argue more for Triple H than some, but I think the Intercontinental title, and Gunther especially, is one of his biggest wins since taking a... We would not be here with Vincent Mann and Gunther at this point, and this belt, this match, and Gunther especially... Feels like he's going to get a big WrestleMania moment. Well, yeah, this time last year he was on Stand and Deliver and yeah. the IC title was being defended on the SmackDown before WrestleMania. Now this gotcha. is one of the most anticipated matches and people are even trying to book around Gunther losing this title by saying, well, if, I don't know, Drew pins Sheamus, uh, 
Gunther's undefeated streak continues and he can move upwards to fighting Cody. I don't think they should do that personally. I think you're right. I think you should have the Batista, Rey Mysterio. You're supposed to be my friend. Drew attacks Sheamus after the match because he almost had it won or whatever. However you want to do that. And Sheamus eventually, like you say, has to work his way back up to facing Gunther. But how do you feel about it, Sige? I think Gunther should win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Sheamus should beat him. And then Gunther can kill more people without a belt and then work his way up to Cody at SummerSlam on the back of all the work done at the Royal Rumble. Um, On the subject of the work done at the Royal Rumble, they telegraphed this match at the Rumble. I don't think the uh, journey to get there was particularly interesting, but my God, this is going to be absolutely sensational. We know how physical it's going to be. We know how dramatic it's going to be. The, um, The triple threat stipulation sort of guarantees drama even if the players involved on hot and the action isn't that physical or intense or intricate or whatever, because it's got the shortcuts. It also has these sort of contrived elements where it feels like at times there's two wrestlers working a singles match, whereas one person takes a move that ordinarily they would recover from in like 20 seconds Mm -hmm. on the outside, but they sell it for like two minutes or something. The beauty of this match booked by Triple H, I'm loath to say, is that if there's any three guys who could punish you with a big move and you're selling it credibly for about a minute on the outside, it's these three. There'll be none of that fake feeling. Mm -hmm. I think they'll really map this out intelligently. And I'm going to look at someone taking a single chop and think, I'd have a minute on the outside (laughs) after that. So I think the, the dynamic of these three particular individuals will really help the usual contrivance of the genre. Uh, in terms of the United States Championship match, John Cena challenges Austin Theory. Uh, someone, not me, on Twitter, um, quote-tweeted uh, the announcement that it was going to open with the match graphic of John Cena versus Baron Corbin mm. from his at SummerSlam 2017. Yeah. Six years. Um, Jesus Christ. I wonder what's going to happen here. Not in a particularly dramatic way. I think I'm the only person who doesn't at least like Cena ironically these days. I am just one of the few holdouts. <laughs> Still like a ridiculous edge You got the Lord. Cena sucks t-shirt. Yeah, that guy in the front row would wear. Never stopped giving up <laughs> hating John Cena. Um, and theory for me is just not it. I've said it a million times. He's a 6.5 at everything. He's what they like and they tell you that he's going to be great. I haven't seen them show it once. I haven't seen him show it once. I think he's deeply generic. This will be the loudest and hottest Austin Theory match ever, but are there any other... Is there competition for that? Yeah, not, not really. A good me. match with Edge, didn't he, on that Raw? It was that? a well-crafted yes. match with Edge, but I love that match as a result of Edge's ability yeah. to let one... to allow one spot to flow to the next in a really logical and dramatic way. I think it was his... Vintage Edge match, that was Oh, it was great. It was his acumen as someone who can lay out a match that I liked rather than the actual match and Theory's performance in it. I will be happily proven wrong, but I just echo the chorus. Many people are singing. Theory is simply not it. And they are telling a story, or they have been telling a story, where he's not it. And that's before John Cena articulated this. He wasn't it when he failed to cash in. I don't think it's as cut and dry as John Cena goes out on his back, comes back once a year and puts whoever they like as an emerging mid-card act over. I think John Cena could go over here. 
I'm going to give uh, Andy Murray some credit here because uh, he's pitched Cena wins night one of WrestleMania and then the Raw after WrestleMania, uh, United States Open Challenge uh, accepted by a debuting Jay White. Is that how you see things playing out? I love it. I mean, I love the idea that Cena wins the title and then being John Cena immediately initiates an Open Challenge as if, oh, great, I'm back full time. Like, I'm a film star now, but I'm going to defend this United <laughs> States title every week. Um, I think, like, in character, that's quite a humorous way to use Cena's never give up sort of shtick. I can't call it, which is probably not really a credit to Austin Theory. Should this, if this was effective as the right, the old guy's coming back to put the new guy over and give him the rub, we wouldn't be talking about it in those terms. It wouldn't feel a little bit undeserved and a little bit forced. The point about when a wrestler, wrestler A gives wrestler B the rub is you're not really supposed to acknowledge it out front. You're supposed to see the match happen and then realise after the fact, oh, like the newer wrestler's taking the old guy's shine. We're speaking about it in these terms because it's kind of transparent. That's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to elevate. It's You know the old belt makes the man, man makes the belt. It's yeah. just replace belt with Cena. Because they're not even <laughs> talking about the United States title. We imagined it would be a story about US title law, and they've not touched that. Mm. So John Cena saying it's to Austin... beneath Cena at this yeah, point. It's Politically, John, it's not a good look. John Cena says Austin Theory is rubbish. Austin Theory inadvertently proves it for three weeks, and then cuts a half-decent promo in an empty arena. That's had nothing to do with the prestige of the United States title or anything. There's US title law in them opening, because the last time John Cena opened a WrestleMania, he fought and won for the US title. Yeah. Um, and that was, of course, against the big show when he was on the rise. And Theory will say, after the fact, in promos you don't believe, just like you, John, I was also on the rise and I also opened WrestleMania. What did you do next year? You main evented, and I will too. And he can say all this stuff, and it's how real will it feel? I like Cena more than my esteemed colleague, but I'm not sure he's the guy to really set Theory up that way. So I could see the Cena win too. You know, there's like an oh, ironic John Cena. Isn't he good in Fast and Furious? No, isn't it good that he's back and he's a star? I dare you to go back and watch anything of his from like 2009 to 11. Those are the worst years for me. Yeah. Go back and watch two weeks of his stuff on what you wouldn't be able to do it. Cena <laughs> Orton with a run-in from Mike DiBiase. Shroomles that built up to that. Um, oh, we aren't going to go through all that. I dare you to do it. Do you like Cena? Go on. I don't want to watch that. You don't like him then? Watch, uh, he gave Daniel Bryan one of his better matches, I would say, at SummerSlam 2013. Such a... You saying it's rubbish? Are you saying it's rubbish on a oh, podcast? Fed-pilled. Five stars. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Fed-pilled. We aren't going to go through all the matches. Myself and Simon Miller will do all predictions ahead of WrestleMania. So instead, I want to talk about potential surprise appearances. We're in Hollywood after all. Look, I could name a couple of names, but Sidge has done all the hard work for the Miz here. And that's without reading his Wikipedia page. As WrestleMania host, I'd be stealing the fantasy booking. I've got a, what I think is a pretty neat idea. One, in that it'll be a running gag throughout the two nights. And I like the running gag. Yeah. This one just happens to be exponentially less cruel to Bailey of all people. That was really <laughs> horrible. And the idea that WWE courts the mainstream media with WrestleMania. They want it to feel absolutely massive. They want these pictures to filter into the mainstream press so that people can realistically look at them and say, oh, Jesus, WWE must be big again. I might dip my toes back into those waters. What if every single time Miz says something, like, welcome to the show, or this is the attendance, what else is a guest hosting? <laughs> Not sure. It says his name on fire. Oh, no, he wasn't hosting that year. No, he, he just, just came out to do it. Just given time to do that. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Here's Summick. This is the attendance. The general, like, three things that a guest host does. What if each time 
when he's just about to lift the microphone to his mouth, an actual A-lister from Hollywood, because that's where WrestleMania is, comes in and then does his job for it. Like Hugh Jackman says, the attendance for WrestleMania is, and there's a running gag. And then the last time that the Miz, that this happens to the Miz, who, you know, for all his failings, is very good at being apoplectic and like he can throw a diva strop. The Miz can do that. Mm. The last time it happens, he says, if someone comes out here and interrupts me, I'm going to punch them in the face. And it's Batista. Yes. Yeah. In a tux looking resplendent. And then he Batista bombs Miz on the stage. And he flexes and the materials just fall away. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Deacon Batista. <laughs> LTST. The shit and then someone on Reddit can say, see, they knew what they were doing with Deacon Batista <laughs> all along. Devon's in the front row crying. Cheers, Devon's crying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice one, Devon's crying. <laughs> um, is Stone Cold showing up? Yes, uh, I think he is. He said, uh, I've just not been called. That's not true. No. Uh, <laughs> nobody rang me. I think they probably have. And I think you said, yes. But this is the year to keep Steve Austin surprised. I said this already. Like, Triple H not having to announce a Steve Austin for his WrestleMania mm-hmm. guy is quite impressive. <laughs> Sell tickets and to get interest without actually saying, I promise these guys are on the show. To have Steve Austin's surprise is a good deal for him. Um, LA Knight yeah. hasn't got a spot and can protest that fact before getting stunned, and I don't think it hurts him. No. He was given Cody Rhodes and a match I'm forgetting very recently on television. Right. Rey Mysterio, that was it. In the, like One of the only people to get in the way of this Ray Dominic thing. And I think those are proper at the boys, Triple H, like you survived Bray Wyatt, you've done everything we've asked of you, and the reactions for you are getting louder. Um, the timing just hasn't worked out for WrestleMania this year. I still think he might win the Andre to set up a last-minute thing with Bobby Lashley, somebody who couldn't survive Bray Wyatt, and you just have this on the show as the kind of Bray Wyatt survivor's derby, ultimately. But I think if LA Knight is there to protest how somehow an LA WrestleMania has gone without LA Knight, Mm -hmm. that's where you smash the glass and the pop is enormous and he gets stunned. Uh, Finally, I'm going to use a question we were sent by John Wagner, sorry, Jonathan Wagner, John from Chicago. He's been uh, looking forward to saying that all day long. Sorry, Jonathan. Who asked me uh, about this regarding one of the most highly anticipated matches, a dad fighting his son in Ray versus Dominic. Uh, John says, do you think Dominic Mysterio, and we had this tweeted to us, I believe by Brennan as well, so I want to give him a shout out. Do you think Dominic Mysterio will come out in a low rider to the ring a la his real dad, Eddie? Oh, man, yeah. Yes, it's WrestleMania. Um, There should be special entrances. Dominic Mysterio has played um, spoiled, privileged brat so well in this story that it would suit his character to have a spoiled, privileged entrance in his first and wholly undeserving singles match at WrestleMania against his own dad. Um, I would love Ray to come out first, and then you have to watch him react in the ring. He's already going through the motions of, I can't believe... I've said yes to this. As he's walking out of the ring, he shouldn't be doing his... Like, he shouldn't be going to the crowd and like sort of celebrate with those children because he's about to fight his own. <laughs> he's pretty conflicted. Ray's an amazing face actor considering he wears a mask. So he should yes. already feel quite conflicted. And then seeing him, because we assume that Damien Priest is going to be there to help out a little bit. But the old uh, Shawn Michaels working ringside for Diesel when Nash was still a bit green, having somebody else out there that can help put a few bits together, the two of them in the low rider. Purple in, low rider. In a purple yeah. low rider. Maybe a purple question mark on it. Yeah, um, it, like it comes down on the aisle, but it parks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like it just, bells and whistles. This match needs yeah. bells and whistles, callbacks. 
Dominic looks a bit like Guerrero now, so you've got that as well. Like, get the gear inspired by him if you want. Normally, when people he's pay, got a mullet, let's be honest. When, <laughs> when people pay tribute, yeah, but he's been doing the spots lately, hasn't he? He started incorporating in that inside-out yeah. thing and the shimmy and that. Normally, when people pay tribute to him, it's loving. But look at how successful it was when Logan Paul did it last year as a yeah. heel thing. It's seen as sacrilege that you mock Eddie Guerrero and Dominic doing it before he sets up for his frog splash on his own dad and wins. And wins. Well, this is the thing, another bit of fantasy booking I've seen, because I think they do hair versus mask backlash. What well, they should do for that? Go on. They should shave off Dominic's eyebrows oh, as right. before yeah. yes. for that famous picture. Oh, yes. But I've also seen, I've seen this in a few places on Twitter, so I apologise for not shouting people out individually. But Bad Bunny's been out as his host, and there's LTST with Bad Bunny and Damien Priest. The idea of Bad Bunny and Ray versus Priest and Dominic is as good, I think. Oh, my God. And to Sidney's point, I think, like, the Dominic win feels like one of the safer predictions to me. It's just more fun all the way around, isn't it? You, that kid needs as much heat as he can get for, like, the short term. I try not to be too harsh and punch down, but this is the this is his peak. Mm. If he does something as good as this, like, in the years to come, Dominic Mysterio, it'll be the most shocking thing <laughs> up yeah. in sort of improving that I've seen in professional wrestling history. So there's... Definitely juice to squeeze. You need a big shock at WrestleMania. You mm. need something that I can't just be happy, happy, happy. Because if you get too happy, you know what? Some wrestling fans are like, I'm too bloody happy here. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio is going to push his own mother over. And Ray is going to be so shocked that he's going to lose it. And Dominic's going to beat him in the, in the chaos of it all. Well, let us know your thoughts on what needs to happen at WrestleMania in the comment section or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCult Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts on the road to WrestleMania. Don't forget to join uh, Andy and Michael for our night one live reactions as well. And if you subscribe to WhatCult Wrestling, all of the content that we're putting out in the next few days as we head towards WrestleMania will drop into your feed as well. But enjoy WrestleMania. My thanks to the Daddy Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.